I want to I want to read a passage of scripture. Most of us know we used to have it posted on the wall. Matter of fact, last night I looked and it wasn't there. <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa, it's not there. Okay, yeah. Uh, I want to read to you, and they're not going to put it on the screen. You can find it in your book. You know, it's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Jeremiah. Anybody know that one? And I'm going to keep reading a few verses there, but uh, uh, just listen to this. God talking. He says, "I know what I'm doing." How many of you know that's true? You know, you know, if you could just get that revelation, God knows what he's doing. You could calm down a little bit. Huh? Come on, you, you can calm down just a little bit. God knows what he's doing. You know, uh, I think a lot of times we complain about a lot of stuff, right? Oh, come on. We, we, we complain about stuff. And you know, when you complain, what you're really saying is, if I were in control, I could do better. You sure that's what you want to tell God? No, uh, you, you probably ought to quit your whining and start shining, right? Uh, God says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Isn't that awesome? God's going to give you the future. That, and he said, when you call on me, when you come and pray, I'll listen. When you call on me. Can I just tell you today, you know, there's four different places in the Bible where it says the just shall live by faith. You know, uh, who are the just? We are. If you're born again, you're justified. If you're justified, then you are the just. Okay? And the just shall live by faith. How many of you know the Bible's true? Okay? So you're going to live by faith, and it's, it's going to happen one of two ways. It's either going to be on purpose or on demand. Because in order for the Bible to be true, guess what? You're going to have to live by faith. Is on purpose is because you choose to. On demand is because so much crap's going on that now you have to. Right? But one way or another, you're living by faith. Why? Because you're the just. And the just, this is how we live. You're going to live by faith. Faith is not believing regardless of the circumstance. It is obeying regardless of the consequence. Right? It, 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 hey, yeah, I believe, but now I act on what I believe, and it don't make any difference what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like. I'm going after the promise of God. I'm in alignment with the Word of God, and I'm living by faith. See, one way or the other, you're going to live by faith. Here he makes an interesting statement. He says, when you call on me. Can I tell you something? You're going to. And you're going to call on him, and you might as well do it because you want to instead of waiting you have to. Now, a lot of times, having to is what gets us to where we are calling. Come on. You get enough junk going on in your life, guess what? Well, I'm calling on God. Well, you know, has it really come down to this? We're going to have to trust God. <laughs> you know, if you started off with trusting God, it wouldn't always come down to this. Right? When, when, when you call... He said, I'll listen. That's great news right there. God said that when, when you call on me, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to respond. David, remember David, he said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord, and he answered me. Isn't that awesome that you can call on God and he'll answer? you got friends that don't pick up when you call. God said, you know what, I will respond to you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call me, I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which you don't know. One translation says, fenced in things, hidden things, secret things. How many of you think God knows some stuff you don't? Well, here's the question, then why aren't we calling on him more often? Is it possible that we're under the impression that we already know everything? 
you, you know, he said, call me. I'll tell you stuff you don't know. Well, maybe the reason you ain't calling is because you think you know it all. Well, in there situations in your life, your daily life, that you've just gotten into routine and you know how to do this. You don't need instruction. I don't need God to tell me how to do my job. You know, Todd could get out of bed and say, I don't need God to tell me how to weld. I welded yesterday. I can weld today. You know, Keith could say, I don't need God to help me, you know, on the, you know, on the car lot. I, I, I got this. You know, Cindy could say, I can, you know, we've been doing, how long you been in the business in, in, in commercial painting? Forty-some years. Like, I need to ask you how to get to the office, God. I know how to get there. And, and you know, we, we, get this, we get this mindset that we know how to do our life, which is what gets us into trouble. Because we've, we've got a little, we, we don't have a clue. I was going to say we have a little idea. We ain't even got that. We're clueless. God's got a big picture. Right? He sees the whole thing. And he's like, hey, you might want to talk to me. Because stuff you couldn't possibly be prepared for is not going to shock me. Call me. And I'll listen. Listen to what it says, verse 13, again in the message. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. You know, well, I've been, I've been looking for God in this thing. No, you've been looking for your answer. You've been looking for provision. Or you've been looking for healing. Or you've been looking for, you know, fill in the blank, everything but him. He's going to, he is the healer. He is the provider. Because you're not necessarily looking for him. You're looking for what you want. And he said, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. And when you get serious about finding me, you know what that kind of implies to me? When you get serious, you're going to get serious. If you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, he's going to lead you to a place where you're serious about finding God. Come on. If we're going to be if we're going to be God seekers, if we're going to be Christ followers, you know, if we're going to get past T-shirts and bumper stickers, if we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, He's going to lead us to a place where we're serious about finding Him. And He said, when you get to that place and you're serious about finding Me and you want that more than anything else, listen, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. What an awesome promise. I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I love words. The prefix dis means to push down or press out of. God said, when you're, when you're serious about finding me and you want me more than anything else, I'll make sure that you're not pressed out of your appointment. You know what, you know what your appointment, what that is? That's where your power's at. That's where your authority's at. That's where your anointing is at. That's where, that's where the favor of God is at when you're in your appointment. You know, the, the office of president, right, it, that's an appointment. He has a lot of power, a lot of authority in that appointment. But outside of that appointment, you know what, he's just a guy. He's just, just a man, you know. Uh, uh, think about all the different appointments that people are, are elected to. The Bible says that you know, Jesus told him, he said, you didn't, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And you, you read that in Amplified, and it said, I elected you. There's an appointment that I've pulled you into. And your life is going to make a difference. See, your life's going to be blessed, but your life is going to make a difference way bigger than, than you. you. God's using you to influence the whole stinking world. 
Think about that for just a minute. God, God's going to use your life. He told Abraham in Genesis, he said, every family of the earth is going to be blessed by you. Guess what you are? The seed of Abraham. What are, you know what? You've got this appointment where God's going to use you to continue to bless people in the earth. And can I tell you why? Because he promised Abraham. All the families of the earth are going to be blessed by you. Guess what's happening? You have an appointment. You're fulfilling that prophecy. God, can, can I just tell you something? That God believes in you a whole lot more than you do. You know, we, we, we get to talking about our faith in God. Dude, you ought to see God's faith in us. That he puts the future of mankind in our hand. And he says, I, I've given you power. I've given you, uh, you know, anointing. I've given you, you're called, you're equipped, you're anointed, you're empowered. Go get the world. Go get them. But you, you gotta, well, where do we start? Well, seeking him. We've we got to go after him. Come on, can I tell you a little something that when you get up next to God, let me tell you what you're going to get on you. You're going to get the favor of God. Favor of God is just going to, you know what? It's not going to be like a, like a, like a smudge mark. No, you're going, to be, you're going to be saturated with the favor of God. With the favor of God. It's like, you know, when you go to the river in tennis shoes, you ever done that? Go down to the river in tennis shoes and you wade out into the water a little bit. And then when you head back to the truck, it's... And it's squirting out underneath, you know. Uh, you, you know, that God wants that happening in the, in, in the realm of favor. We, we can track you through the building. Oh, Todd was here. Right? The fa- why? Because there's a trail of favor. Everywhere you go. That if you rub up against somebody, guess what they get on them? They get favor on them. The favor of God. Favor of God. Man, you, you know what the favor is. You need, I'm hoping that you're, that you're doing a study and that you're getting in the Word and, and checking out favor because it's, it's from cover to cover. Dude, there's all kinds of favor talk. And favor is the manifestation. It, it's, it's a byproduct of grace. Grace, by the way, is not a blanket that you're going to hide your sin under. It's an empowering agent that you're going to live by. See, uh, a lot of us, we use grace so backwards. You know, well, I'm not doing what I should to, but the, the, but the grace of God. Well, see, you got it backward. The grace of God's going to empower you so that you can do what you should do. It's not an excuse not to. It's the ability to get it done. See, sin has you doing what you shouldn't, but grace empowers you to do what you should. And if you're operating under the power of grace, you'll be so busy doing what you should that you don't have time not to do what you shouldn't. It's just, and, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, some of the little religious rules and stuff that we got. I'm talking about the call of God that's on your life. The, the specific purpose and plan that God has for you, that he is using your life to fulfill that promise to Abraham. And you are blessing people everywhere you go. And that people look at you and they recognize, hey, you know what, you're a nice guy and you're great and you're special. But you ain't that good. The, the power of God obviously is upon your life. That there's something, there's some presence that's on you that, that is influencing others. Okay, think about the influence Jesus walked in, man. That he would walk into a, walk into a situation and there would be businessmen there. And he'd look at them and say, hey, you guys ought to follow me. And they'd shut down their business, walk away, and follow him. They'd just leave everything and say, I'm with that guy. We're talking about a crazy level of influence. 
I'm telling you that the favor of God, you're thinking sometimes about all, all the little goodies you're going to get. No, no, what it really is about is the influence that God's going to release in your life so that everywhere you go, they recognize God through you. Think about, I love that statement. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You know what he really said? Walk with me long enough and you'll be a fisher of men. It wasn't take a couple steps. No, it's follow me. You, you stick with me long enough. And your whole life's going to be influencing others. Dude, think about that. Walk with me long enough. Your life's going to influence others. People are going to be drawn to you. Are they drawn to you right now? Are masses of people following you going, wow, you're cool? No, they're not, okay? But he said, you follow me long enough, and people who don't like you will be attracted to you to find out what it is that's on you. See, we got to understand something. Life comes in layers. Right? What? <laughs> Life comes in layers. You learn, it's progressive. Think about when, when, when you're a kid and you're going into school and they're going to start teaching you math. So what's the first thing we do? Well, uh, we learn number recognition. Right? Because at first... When they, hold up, you know, when they hold up a five, what's that? It's a scribble mark. What's the difference between three and five? We don't know. So we've got to learn number recognition. And then you learn number order. So you can take all of these numbers that you've learned to recognize, and you can put them in order. Right? And then we start learning how to add those numbers together. It's levels. We're going to add. And then we learn how to subtract. Then we learn how to multiply. Then we learn how to divide. And once we got that down, now, now we're going to go to fractions. And then we're going to go to what? What comes after fractions? I, I never made it past multiplication. What comes after fractions? Division. And, 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 then, and then, you know, eventually we're moving into what? Algebra. And from algebra, then we're going to what? Geometry. And after geometry, then you go to? You're speaking in tongues. You got to, okay, we knew we'd get you there. Hallelujah. Okay, here's the deal. You don't take a kid that's struggling with number recognition and say, okay, today we're going to teach you trigonometry. Why? Well, because he won't understand. He'll get frustrated and he'll quit. Well, what does the enemy do? Listen, if the enemy cannot prevent you, what's he going to do? promote you right yeah, think about it this way if he can't get you to live in poverty then he'll give you just enough prosperity that you kill yourself with it because you don't have the character developed to handle that level of prosperity if, if he can't you know if he can't hold you back then he'll push you forward and see a lot of us you know uh, and, and even as a body you know we want to impact the world bless god we're going to go we're, we're going to reach the world for jesus and we need to, right? What well, matter what? You can sign up today, get some money together, get ready, launch out in March, go to Belize with John Smithwick. You can see 10,000 people saved or more. You can, you can lay your hands on the sick. You can get your hands dirty and dig some wells. You, you can take your family. You can make a difference in the world. But really, you've got you to be careful that you don't jump two or three levels and forget what you know, the basic realm first. What's well, the Great Commission? You have four commissions. 
Okay, I hope you're taking notes. Write this down. You have four commissions. You have a personal commission. You have a personal commission. You have a domestic commission. You have a cultural commission. And then you have the great commission. And if the enemy can't prevent you, he will promote you. He'll, he'll send you. You know, think about it. In your personal commission, see, first, we've been talking about this, uh, Romans 12, too. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the entire renewal of your mind, new ideals and a new attitude, so that you can prove to yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is right in his sight for you, right? What's that? That's personal. You've got you to gotta pursue God. You've got to go after God. Like, it's the most important thing in your life. I mean, listen to what, you know, Jeremiah said. When you get serious about finding me, you know, we got to get serious about bringing God into our life and letting him change us. Thank you for that great amen right there. You know, we want to go change the world. Wait a minute. Why don't you get saved first? You know, because what happens is, if the enemy can't prevent you, he'll promote you. What he'll do, he'll get you to where you're not developing your personal commission and push you into your domestic commission. That way, you can be a faker at church and go home and preach to your family, and then they'll learn a a, a relationship with God that's fractured and not real. Oh, we're preaching good now. You'll end up, you, you know, you'll start beating your finger on the chest of your children, telling them how they ought to live, when you can't even do it. You out there? I'm making CDs. Say amen. All right. And we'll just lay that in later, okay? We'll edit. You know, we, we don't have any strength uh, in, in our personal walk with God. And then we, we expect it out of our home. You know, the one thing that I want my boys to, uh, to, to go into their future with is, is the realization that dad was about the same everywhere he went. You know, you know what I believe? I believe that if you cuss and stuff out there, that you might as well do it in here. Instead of fighting like the devil on your way to church. Get in the car! Wipe that smile off your face. We're going to church! And then you walk down the hallway. Good morning. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Come on now. A, bu- a bunch of pretenders. Come on, and, 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 the, and, the, and the lie that we buy into is, well, everybody's like that. Oh, no, they ain't. You know, fighting with your wife and, and slapping the kids around, and then you're coming to church, and let's just talk about the love of Jesus. Hug somebody with the love of the Lord. I hate that. Well, what's worse is then you go to work. You go into your cultural commission. Man, you really let your hair down there, huh? We've heard the stories about chow. You know, we, we kind of make light of it, but it's a reality, isn't it? That, you know, out, out in the area or out on the job and you're working and, 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 and you're cussing and you're, and you're flinging your crap around and, and you're kicking the cat and you're, and you're, dry, and you're, you're talking bad about the boss and you got your Jesus T-shirt on. And you need to be baptized for about 17 minutes. And then you ask them, you want to follow me to church? And they're thinking, yeah, right. You, you need God. And they're thinking, I need him. 
Oh, now let's go save the world. With what? Life's in layers. Even, even your relationship with God. You know, sometimes it's hard for me because I, you know, I want us to get someplace. I want us to be demonstrating Satan's defeat on a daily basis. I want us to get out of bed ready and prepared to humiliate hell. So, you know, when you go to battle against your enemies and you see that they got people and horses and chariots and armies bigger and mightier than your own, do not be afraid because the Lord thy God is with. But see, if you focus on the enemy, you're two or three layers higher. What you have to focus on is, you know, you know what's first? Well, what, what do we do when we bring a baby home? You know, we, you know mama gives birth, and, and, uh, and that, that's, that's pretty hard work. How many of you fathers know that? Bear witness with me. It's hard, it's hard watching all that take place. Okay. And then we bring the baby home, and we don't sit down with the, you know, with the day planner, you know, open up your iPad, get into the calendar, and give it about seven days. We, you know, about seven days from now, we need to have the, the stranger talk. We need to sit down with the baby and have a stranger talk. Why? What good would that do? You know, I don't want to talk about the enemy. No, we want to bond with the Father. You, you, need, to, you need to make sure that you're taking time to have this intimate relationship. When you seek me. When, when you get intimate with God. Can I tell you something? It's a whole lot easier to believe God's word when you know God. You know, we sing it, don't we? The more I seek him, the more I find him. Can I tell you that's true? And the more I find you, Lord, the more I love you. I've got to tell you something. It's so true that the more revelation I get about God, the, the, the hungrier for God I get. And, and bonding, you know, having that relationship with God and then beginning to understand who I am in Christ. You know, that baby that begins to bond with the parents and then, you know, as it grows and matures, it begins to recognize its place in this family unit. And it, it suddenly knows that, hey, I make mistakes, but I'm loved anyways. You know, I make a mess and they clean it up. And, you know, hey, there's a, state, there's a day coming, isn't there? Isn't there a day coming when you make a mess, you clean it up? But there's a stage when we just cover everything. But as you grow and mature, you become responsible for your own messes. <laughs> just felt led to make an impression. You know, as, as, you get, as you grow and mature, you, you, you begin to not make the same mistakes because you've learned from the father, the mom. You, you've learned because of your relationship with them. You, you live to please them. See, and the more you know about God, and the more you understand where you fit in this family unit, the more you live to please Him. Then He tells you about the enemy. Then He, you know, then we learn how to worship God. You know, sometimes, you know, we're asking you to worship God. You don't even know God. Why, why you know, because here's how to tell. If you, if you know God, you totally get worship. If you really don't know Him, why is this song so long? If you know God, you're thinking, sing it again. And if, but if you don't, you're thinking, will it ever stinking end? My feet are killing me. I'm not saying you're weak or wicked. or I'm just saying, no, it's an indicator. I need to know God more. 
I, I need to press into God more. I, I need to open up this book and get on my knees and pray a little bit and take some scripture and, and ask God, you've you got to reveal yourself to me. You know, it's hard in this setting because we're all at different levels. You know, well, I want to kick some devil booty. Well, the problem is, is that if the devil turns and looks at you, and you don't know who you are in Christ, because you haven't spent any time developing your relationship with God, you're going to turn and run. You're going to get your hiney handed to you. He's going to send you a bill in the mail, and you're going to go, oh, I thought he was going to bless me. Look at that. I trusted him, and he let me down. No, he's given you the opportunity. You, you, you know, great victory demands great battle. Right? He's setting you up for a blessing. But if you don't know him, you know, Luke 2.52, it says Jesus increased, look at that, in wisdom, in stature, and in favor. And, you know, if Jesus increased, some translations say Jesus grew. If Jesus grew, it's because he had growing to do. Well, if he had growing to do, I guarantee you, you and I got some growing to do. Right? And we talked about it. that word increase. It means to be driven for, to be beat for, to be hammered like a smith forges metal. It's, you know, well, I just want, I just want God to do it while I'm resting. I'd like to go to bed tonight and get up tomorrow and be bigger in Jesus. That's not how it works. We've got to increase. We've got to increase in, in favor. And again, I, you know, i just got to tell you something. That the favor of God on your life it really ain't all about you, but it's about positioning you so that you can bless the socks off of people. You know, we've we, we got to get this thing off of our mind that it's all about me. Well, yeah, but I want some stuff. You get your stuff. Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. All those other things shall be added to you. And God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that you could ask or think. I'm telling you, you're going to live a blessed life. Right? But I want to be like Naphtali, you know, that was, that, that was abounding in favor and full of the blessing of God. Can I tell you that most of us, I doubt if any of us, but just to be kind, I'll say most of us aren't walking in the depth of favor that we could be. Well, that's not going to depress me. That motivates me. Say, okay, I'm going for some more then. You know, and, and, and it's God's will for me to walk in favor. He wants, if you study it out, you're going to find out that God wants to uh, pour out His favor upon your life. Well, if that's what he wants, then I'm going to get an agreement with him. I'm going after the favor, baby. So you know what? Uh, you know what I'm praying every day? Every day. I'm praying to God. I'm saying, God, I thank you that I walk in divine favor. That everywhere I go, the favor of God goes before me and comes up behind me. I thank you, God, that the favor of God's going to open doors today that nobody can shut. I thank you that the favor of God's closing doors that nobody can open. I thank you that because of the favor of God, no weapon formed against me can prosper, and every tongue that rises against me is condemned. God, I thank you for the favor that you're changing situations and circumstances for my betterment. God, I just thank you that even in, even in areas that I don't understand, you're at work because of the favor of God, and it's preparing the way for me. Now, God, I thank you that you're working in my wife. I thank you, God. 
God, that the favor of God is upon us, Shelby. That every step Shelby takes today is going to be blessed with the favor of God. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to do things in her life because of you and your presence that couldn't be accomplished without your favor. I thank you, God, that you're operating in TJ's life and the favor of God's operating in his life and in Stephen and in Evan. And that all three boys are at different stages of life, but because of the favor of God, you are drawing them into an intimate relationship with you. God, I thank And then I take you. And I'm praying for y'all. And I'm just saying, God, I thank you that Keith is abounding in the favor of God and that he is full of the blessing of the Lord. I thank you, God, that Steve Hansen is abounding in the favor of God. And right now in the middle of this storm that you are breathing life to him and he's filled with the blessing of God. I thank you, God, that Ivan has the favor of God on his own. And I'm praying for you. And you know what I would like you to do? Agree. You know what it's like to pray for people? God, I thank you for the favor of God. And then they show up during the day and say, I can't believe this wretched day. And I want to choke them out for Jesus. <laughs> See, I think there's some things that we can do to increase our favor. And real quickly, I've got I to gotta, I gotta smash through this. Real quick, the, the first thing that you've got to do, look at your neighbor and say, consider your ways. How many of you know there's nothing wrong with God's ways? So if we got an issue, it probably has to do with our ways. Somebody say amen. amen. See, this favor of life, this isn't something we're going to try. This is something we're going to live. Amen? Look at Psalms 119, verse 58 and 59. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Everybody say, whole heart. We're not talking about being half-hearted favor seekers. Don't you be half-hearted. You know, a lot of us are trying to fit in when God's called us to stand out. Knock it off. I don't want to fit in with society. I want to stand out. I want to demonstrate a better life. Oh, you, you, you think you're better than us. Well, if you ain't got God, I know I'm better than you. Not, not in a condescending way. It's just my life's better. My final outcome is going to be better than my current condition. You are hopeless. Can I tell you, you don't have to say that way. Because the same God who brought hope to my hopelessness will bring hope to yours. With my whole heart. Be merciful to me. You know what that means? Don't give me what I deserve. Because according to your word, I don't have to get what I deserve. Right about now, you ought to be waving white hankies, shouting and throwing money. Thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> if you got what you deserve, we wouldn't want to be near you. Look at this. I thought on my ways. Back up, 58. I looked for your favor with my whole heart, 59. So I considered my ways. You're going to go after the favor of God with your whole heart? You, where do I start? Consider your ways. I mean, come on. Look at, look at where you are. Look at how you got there. Start looking at, you know what I've learned? Uh, I've learned that there's things in every one of our lives that we know is not right in the sight of God. But we justify in ourselves. 
We have things that ought to be enemies. Attitudes, belief systems, bitterness, unforgiveness, issues that we make excuses for. That God says, that ought to be your enemy, not your friend. Look at your life. You know, your lifestyle either attracts or repels the favor of God. I want to increase favor. Well, then get your life better. You, you, want, to, you want to be effective in the domestic commission? You want to be prosperous and not, not just financially increasing, but I mean influencing the lives of others in, in the social commission? Would you like to be obedient in the Great Commission? Consider your ways. Examine your lifestyle. Man, you know, if you're talking to people in a way you shouldn't, stop. You know, if you're one way at point A and point B, you're different, knock it off. Bring sameness into your life. And you know what? If you can't pull off the holy thing, how about you just live the real thing? Because you know what? God can get you where he needs you to be, but first he has to show you where you're at. You, you need to understand where you are. You need to, you know, when God showed up in the garden and asked him, where are you? It wasn't because he couldn't find him. It's because he knew they didn't know where they had wandered to. They didn't recognize how far from God they were. You know, you need to consider your ways. You, you need to allow God to, to, to take you from a, from a place of reality. You've got to develop this personal thing first. Quit, quit trying to fake it. You know, you've you got some image, and, and you're, you're living out of a projected, you know, uh, identity instead of your true identity. Well, God only anoints your true one. Well, yeah, but you don't understand who I am. Who cares? God knows who you are. And he loves you right where you're at. Blows my mind, but he loves you. Well, yeah, but I, I can't just walk. No, you got to. You got to walk in this truth, man. Jesus said the knowledge of this truth will liberate you. You got to get free. I said you got to get free. You don't want to be religious. You know the word religious. Religion comes from the root word, which means that which is left behind. Religion, what's left after God left. What, what we did after God left, what did we do? We built a religion. It's like, you know people who wear cologne, perfume, maybe a little too much of it. You know, just a little, like like if you go by and pick up a telephone at work, you can tell they had been on it today. The, the fragrance, which is left behind, you can tell they were there. See, religion is the fragrance that we have, knowing that God was present. But it's relationship that powers our future.
not religion. You, you know, a lot of people in their pursuit of religion, they, 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 they got these rules and regulations, these hoops they're jumping through, and, and you realize that the enemy, that's what he's using to prevent you. He's not using that to promote you. He's using that to prevent you because according to laws and regulations, you're not good enough. You, you can't know victory. You can't know success. Well, wait a minute. You told me to consider my ways. and how, if, if I'm not good enough. No, what I'm telling you in, in considering your ways, if you're going to seek God with your whole heart, you're going to look for his favorite with your whole heart, you've got to look at your way. Because what, what I'm telling you you need to do is that you have to admit who you are. Not, not, not the performance of who you'd like to be. But who am I really? How do I really go through life? You need, to, you need to consider your ways. Write these things down real quick. We doing all right? Okay. Um, I'm going to consider my ways. Well, I'm going to start by seeking God continually. How is that considering my ways? Because if you're seeking God, you're looking for God. I guarantee you the more you seek God, the more you make sure that you're on the road he's on. Are you a God seeker? You know, Proverbs 8, 33, hear instruction, be wise, refuse it not. Blessed is the man that hears me, watching daily at my gates, wailing at the post of my doors. For whoso finds me, finds life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. Man, go seek God. Find me. That's the key to increasing his favor. Find me. You know, the next thing to write down, write down, be obedient. Somebody say amen. amen. Deuteronomy 6.3 says, hear and do, and it will be well with you. You'll increase. The promise will be fulfilled. It, that's favor. So you've got to obey. If you're going to consider your ways, you've got to make sure you're in obedience to God. How about we just be obedient? Write this down. Get hungry for the truth. Proverbs 3, 1 through 4. My son, don't forget my law. Let your heart keep my commandments. Length of days, long life, peace. That's going to add to you. Don't let mercy or truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them on the table of thine heart. Then you're going to find favor. Good understanding in the sight of God and man. Why? Because you're hungry for the truth. Get hungry for the truth. Look at your way. Are you really hungry? Are you, are you in love with the Word of God? Well, then get yourself there. Get hungry for the truth. How about this one? Write this down. Strive for excellence. Proverbs eleven twenty seven. He that diligently seeks good procures favor. Man, no more cutting corners. Don't look for a shortcut. I said don't look for a shortcut. Find a way to bless others. Because if, if you are... If you are in pursuit of greatness, let me tell you what, that greatness, you're not going to waste it on you. You begin to flow, it begins to flow out. Last but not least, write this down. Get a zeal for the Word of God. There's so many scriptures I could give you. Can I just, let me just put it to you this way. I've known people that have been in church, they get excited they buy buying all the books. they got all the tapes. they got the DVD series. They've been to the conferences. They're pumped. And then they get busy. And then they don't see them around church as much. And then when you hear them talk, they're not talking the word as much. 
And they begin to they begin to wander down this trail. And pretty soon, they're not fervent like they used to be. They're bitter. Because, you know, they got, they got disappointed. Can I just tell you something? That if you're not careful in the church life, you get, if you're seeking the wrong thing, it's easy to get disappointed. If you're looking for recognition... You know, you know, there's people in every church. There's people in our church who aren't in our church anymore because they weren't recognized. Well, I've got to tell you something. We don't get together to recognize you. We get together to worship God. <laughs> I, I just thought it was kind of funny. Well, you didn't recognize my gift. And, and, my, and you know, the Tommy is saying, oh, yes, I did. <laughs> the God me said, pat him on the head. And be thankful they're gone. Because a seed of bitterness left unattended will destroy the entire garden. It's easy to get disappointed in church if you're looking for the wrong thing. Well, I need somebody to hear my voice. I, I got a word from God. Well, trust me, God's big enough. He'll open the door. You, you know, uh, just this week, I, I was able to, to, to be, you know, God's opened some great doors for, for us. The last 10 days for my life have been awesome. I was, at, I was with... Uh, 80 pastors, 50 different denominations represented. We, all, we spent eight hours praying together. It, and then we got a visit. You know, Monday and Tuesday, I don't know how many guys were there, but a, a bunch of faith preachers, man. And I got to go hang out with them and, and, and pick their brain and have these conversations. And, uh, you know, just, you know what I find, though? I find that there's stuff in all of us that needs to be addressed. And I find that there's places in all of our life where we get off track in our pursuit of Him. You know, you know what we need to do? We need to recognize when we're, when we're getting disappointed that we're probably not seeking God. Because He said, when you seek me, I'll make sure you're not disappointed. You know, you're seeking glory. You're seeking opportunity. You're seeking, no, 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 listen, that's all good. God probably put some stuff in your heart. I was talking with uh, Judd Wilhite. He pastors in Vegas, this little church, about, what, 10,000. Um, and and uh, uh, this week, and he shared that the number one thing that God has him look for in people that he gets close to, loyalty. Do you know who we need to be loyal to? God. So no matter what happens, I'm in it. I'm all in. I'm committed to you, Lord. I'm committed. I'm committed to your favor. I'm, I'm, I'm not done, but I am finished uh, because of time. Can I, let me give you one definition that I've just picked up. You know, uh, uh, and, and, and I hope that you'll weave it into the fabric of your life. That when you commit, you, you know, I want you to commit to increasing the favor in your life. I want you to commit to seeking God. I want you to commit to serving Him and, and growing in Him. But the, the word commitment is to enter a room that has no exits. You know, when a man and a woman come to the altar to get married, they're making that commitment. No exits. No side door. When you 
Pursue your relationship with God. Just get rid of the exits. I'm not quitting for nothing. I said for nothing. You know, the whole world can dry up and blow away. I'm going to be standing right here. Well, what if you can't pay the rent? I'll be standing right outside the building. You know, the, the, the property isn't the issue. The issue is I'm committed to what God's called us to. Amen? Consider your ways. Are you an easy quitter? Do you back down fast? Do you cave in? See, people with favor don't have to quit. People with favor don't have to cave. People with favor aren't on their own. Commit to favor. Close your book, bow your head.